Yes. 30. Single. Yeah. Black. Out here thriving. Looking like all three Jennifer Hudson. One, two. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome back to Poor Life Decision. This is Chris. And this is Doyen. Oh, oh, wait, Doyen. I forgot. I forgot to do my... Did you hear it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> wait, okay. <I'm> gonna... <laughs> is that an honor of Carter Five? <laughs> it is, it is. I'm going <laughs> to... But we're going we're gonna to get... We'll get there. We will get there. <laughs> so, Christian, what are you drinking tonight? Um, well, tonight, because it is officially October, and because I am trying to wheel this fall weather on in here. Is it a pumpkin spice latte? Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. <Okay. laughs> no matter. No matter. <laughs> I am sipping on some good old rum chata. Shout out to Devin for putting me up on the rum chata. <laughs> it's the perfect, you know, fall, crisp, cool beverage. And I'm just trying to wheel this fall weather on in here. I'm going to stop you right there. What are you doing your rum chata? You just drinking it by itself? Yeah. yeah. Um, what else am I supposed to I don't I mean, know. I, have, I feel like I mix it with things. I have put it in like um, hot chocolate before, but oh, um, okay. or and I've used it like in coffee before. But I don't really like to drink coffee when I'm not going to work. So yeah. like drinking coffee on a Saturday morning just isn't it for me. But I I only did that once so I could try it in the coffee and it was pretty good. But yeah, at any rate, I'm just sipping it. What about you? <laughs> what you drinking on? No, I'm not done judging you on this. So, like, I feel like we're trying to, like, <laughs> I just got to mix it with something. Like, I've had it with, you know, like, eggnog. I think once I had it with Red Bull. Joy I mean, not Red Bull, but um, Fireball. But Joy I just in. never straight up had a rum chatted by myself. Joy <laughs> it basically is eggnog. It's like the good part of eggnog without having the nasty eggnog part. You are not you... gonna come for eggnog. We are not gonna do this today. <laughs> Boy, nobody likes eggnog. We only drink it to get I the like eggnog. <laughs> we only drink it to get the buzz. So you buy the eggnog at the grocery store and just drink it without adding anything in it. Not always, but when I do, I, I like Promised Land eggnog. Um, it's really you got thick. A, you got a brand you like? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's Jersey cow milk, and you know I'm lactose intolerant, so I can tolerate it. And it's tasty. It's like five dollars, but anyways, it's really good. I anyways. want you to try some rum chata on its own. That's all I'm saying. Give it a try, and you will put that eggnog down. We'll see. Anyways, <laughs> so today I am drinking. So again, I was in Total Wine. I don't know why I was in Total Wine for a party Friday, and I was buying stuff. And I accidentally talked to the people who work there, and they just told me to buy some wine. So it's called Paso Ranches, and it's a Ziffendel, but it's like 16.8% alcohol. And I oh feel like God. he looked at me and was like, if you're a black girl, you want strong wine. 
here is this. <laughs> I need you. I need you to put this one in the group chat. So I, I actually remember. did yesterday. Y'all weren't paying attention to me, but <laughs> I think it's like even like when it comes to like wine ratings, it's like in the high eighties for oh, wine. Wow. And it's really just like a strong, like berry taste, but super duper strong. So, so that's what I'm drinking today. So will you? So so will you repost it in the group chat again? <laughs> Why, certainly, my dear. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. What else has been going on for you this weekend? Um, so I wanted to share my this moment in Addie's blackness for the week. Um, I guess I'll start with last week. Um, I watched Belly with you. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, you like super hyped it up and you were so excited to be watching Belly with me and I didn't like the movie <laughs> at all. <laughs> okay, so at first I was a little heartbroken because how could you not like Belly? But um, you know, I have to be honest with myself and admit that if I if I'm viewing most of these movies now at, as an adult in 2018, I probably wouldn't like them. And that what I was so hyped up about was the nostalgia of it all. And yeah. of course I liked it when it came out. I was in junior high or high school when it came out. So, you know, you, my taste wasn't as well developed then. <laughs> <laughs> but well, it just hurt so me. The thing about it, I feel like what gets me usually, like what is my definitive, if I like it or not, is the end. And the end was so weird. First of all, I was sick of Nas talking about moving to Africa. I'm like, Africa is not a country. Where are you moving? <laughs> Dang, you, kept, you kept wanting it to make sense. It doesn't make sense. And then DMX got saved, but like the whole like getting him saved speech didn't fully make sense. And I was just like, so y'all were really just trying to push this narrative that like people can get saved and move away from this drug life. But it just didn't work out. Y'all just really, really tried to push it, and it didn't work. <laughs> I just, I just wish that we could travel back in time, <laughs> and you could view this movie back then. And, I, and just, I mean, I get that you don't like it. Like, and like I said, I have to be honest and say that most of these movies. If I was viewing them for the first time as an adult now, I probably wouldn't like them. I would probably think it's stupid. I wouldn't get the hype. But I feel like Belly is such an important part of the culture. Like, Belly, I don't have the words. I don't have the words. I don't have the words. <laughs> um, another micro moment in Addie's Blackness. Um so shout out to one of my coworkers. Yesterday we went to go get Shake Shack, which is delicious. And I was talking about how another coworker was trying to get me to listen to Anderson Pack. And I'm just very lazy yes. when it comes to listening to new people. And he played Anderson Pack. And I was like, oh, this guy's kind of dope. <laughs> I like I Anderson like, Pack. I might be open to this. And then my lion sister, who I super love. Um, sent me a link to the Tiny Desk P NPR and Tiny Desk concerts, and I got to see him. And he is um 
just the kind of man I don't need in my life. He was light skinned, <laughs> played percussion, um, had a nose, nose ring. ring. His beard's <laughs> almost connected. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, this is. And then after that, I listened to Daniel Caesar, and I'm just like, why can't he just be as fine as he sounds? You know, <laughs> you know, it is very dangerous to listen to um, a Tiny Desk concert late it's at so night because you will fall into a wormhole. It's like, a rabbit hole. <laughs> I mean, it's it just, oh my God. The very first Tiny Desk concert I watched was um, Tank and the Bangas. That was oh, my first. I know, and that was my first introduction to Tiny Desk, and mm. so I was super late, <laughs> but I just fell in love. And if you if you've never do yourself a favor, and it doesn't matter what you like, like there's a Tiny Desk for your fave, and uh, they let them be like legit, like however they want to be. So like yeah. the fact that. Uh, the first song that my coworker played for me, I still can't remember the name of the song, but it was like, uh, we'll call you my B because you're my B. And he played it on the NPR Tiny Desk. And I was like, oh, really? NPR is doing it like that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and he said his mom left that song. <laughs> like, um, have you watched T.I.'s T.I.'s T.I. Rum Chata. Have you watched T.I.'s Tiny Desk? No. Maybe one day. You didn't have to say it like that. <laughs> I'm just saying that I don't know why you would have expected me to have listened to that, but we'll do it one day. Torian! Torian! T.I. is classic trap music. What are you talking about? You've got my voice way up here. <laughs> I, I say my tiny desk uh, views for like like neo-soul like artisty types. So, okay. I mean, maybe one day I'll listen to T.I. Okay, well, as a side note, check out T Pain's Tiny Desk as well. Because it's oh my gosh, T Pain's Tiny Desk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're just going to go ahead and diddy bop into our current events section. Um, first, a most momentous thing happened this past <laughs> Carter Five came out. The Carter Five. The like Carter. I didn't believe it until I heard the lighter. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna wait till I hear the lighter to believe that this is real. And I, I was just like, because I still listen to Carter Three like almost on a monthly basis. Like, but also yeah. that was a really great time in my life. I had just crossed our sorority, and I was just really happy about life. So I oh, loved wow. Carter Five. I I loved it. Um. So some people were saying that it was, well, before we, well, okay. Some people are saying that it was a bust. And then mm -hmm. some people are saying that, oh, it's the greatest thing ever. How do you feel about it? Have you had, it's a lot of songs. Have you had a chance to listen to the whole thing? I listened to a strong half of it. <laughs> okay. okay. But okay. I enjoyed everything I listened to. I think um, some of the people who felt like it was a bust, I think it was kind of like how I felt about Adele when she finally came out with the album. It was just like you expected them to do a very, either you expected him to do just like a revolutionary thing and he didn't, or you expected him to be the same and he didn't. <laughs> and so like, I still feel like he showed growth yeah. from 
Carter three. I just never listened to Carter four. I don't know what happened there, but <laughs> you know, I just I feel like he did exhibit growth. Um, Mona Lisa was the that best thing. Is my fave as well. That is I mean, my fave as well. It was like legit storytelling that we really honestly haven't heard since. Um, I hate to say it, but trapped in a classic. Like <laughs> it was like a real storytelling, and I loved it so much. I was so, I was so ecstatic and like proud to hear Kendrick and because as far as I can recall, I don't think they've ever been on a song together, together. Mm-hmm. and. I think he's, I think Kendrick has said in past interviews that, you know, Wayne was an influence of his, but then by the time Kendrick really got, (laughs) (laughs) everything, (laughs) by the time Kendrick got on and popping, you know, that's when everything started going on with Wayne and Birdman and, you know, I just, I'm just glad that he had the opportunity to do the song. I I think you worded it so well. Like it 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 was a good album. It was just good. People, like you said, people thought it was going to be the same, and it wasn't. People thought it was going to be brand new, and it wasn't. The only thing, some of the songs are a little dated, but that's fine. And we can and we can expect that because I mean, how many years has it been? So yeah. that's fine. That's or fine. Five. Um, when it first so. When it first dropped, it was kind of late for me to be getting into a new album. So I was like... Especially a three-track album. Okay. And we had just finished watching the movie, so I was like, well, I'm not going to start an album tonight. But but I couldn't help it, so I listened to like a couple of tracks quickly. But it was the next day because I had a a three-hour drive. Okay, this is the perfect time for me to listen. And... I made sure that I took my um, Apple Music off of Shuffle because I usually listen to stuff on Shuffle. But when I get a new album, sometimes I want to hear it straight through. So I took it off of Shuffle as God intended. (laughs) And let me tell you something. When I first heard Mama Sita come on, I mean, she really only said a few words. I immediately started tearing up. Like, I, I mean, I just immediately start tearing up. And then as she keeps going, I go, oh, fuck. <laughs> because I'm driving and I know I'm about to break down. <laughs> so the one thing that I that gave me a strong pause what was when he was like, God took extra time to make me. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Which, like, I mean, he's he's amazing. He's talented. But we can't act like he's fine. <laughs> Ever. Doyen. <laughs> See, yeah. <laughs> because I meant to ask you why did that give you a pause? But because he's I don't... ugly. <laughs> okay. I I'm not gonna act like he's fine. Even though okay. I love him, I'd probably still smash. <laughs> I don't oh wow. Okay. <laughs> I don't think he's ugly, but I he has he doesn't look the way he used to, and I'm going to say that. But I didn't even take it. When he said that line, I didn't even take it as he was talking about his physical appearance. I thought oh, yeah. he was no. just talking about his awesomeness. Yeah, I mean, he's he's great. Like, he's very talented. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed him. But I was just like, for a second, I was like, 
explain. (laughs) (laughs) Sir. (laughs) And um, so then the second song comes on after Mama Sita has me crying. I pull myself together. And as soon as I hear that, don't cry. (laughs) Start all over again. It was just, it was just... It's just okay, weird to me as a cancer that somebody cries more than me. But here you are. You know what? People are always shocked about how much I cry because I'm an Aquarius. And I will say that I am a true Aquarius and I do cry a lot. I don't know how it works, but it does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> and the only other song I wanted to mention, I just want to say that I really enjoyed <laughs> I really enjoyed Nikki's vocals on Dark Side of the Moon. Like, I was just like, who is this? Is it Tiana? Is it somebody else? And I was like, oh, it's Nikki? And then I was afraid because I thought she was going to start rapping about China. But she didn't. She said, <laughs> I'm rhyming about China. <laughs> right. I, yeah, it was. I loved her in that song. I, so my my relationship with her voice is weird (laughs) because I like her singing voice. Do I think she can give me a good ballad? I mean, I'm not interested in really hearing it, (laughs) but I would be interested in hearing an album of her singing, but I don't expect her to give me ballads. If that makes sense. Like a whole album of her singing. I mean, mean, but an album can be just six or seven songs. I forgot how much constitutes a a LP versus an EP, but an album doesn't have to be long. And I can take it. When she first started singing, I was like, I could take her or Rihanna. Like, they both at the time, I felt like saying similarly. I'm just... No, I, as a huge Rihanna (laughs) fan, I get that. And and it's kind of in the same tone. It's kind of in the same... Tone, I mean, what I'm saying is in the same tone. I as I love listening to Rihanna. I love mm-hmm. I love when Rihanna sings hard and it gets off key. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love her voice. I love it. But is yeah. she a balladeer? No. Mm-hmm. And so I I like Nikki's voice. What I don't like is when she <laughs> raps at inopportune time. I mean, sings at inopportune times. And so. I think that um, the the song, the singing placement has yeah. a lot to do with Wayne and his ability to construct a good song. Like, it yeah. works well. She sings at times when I just don't want you to sing. But this worked <laughs> perfectly. Yeah, it was, it was dope. I liked it. It was one of my favorite songs. All right. I've, I've given Carter five all the love I'm going to give it today. Yeah. We can't <laughs> give this whole podcast. So, like, um, <laughs> so next up on current events, I wanted to talk about a particular Miss Lindsay Lohan. Mm, 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 and the thing about it especially at my age I grew up with Lindsay so like I used to love her and um Parent uh, Trap. Sis- yeah, Parent Trap. I was going to say Sister Act, which is so not right. That is not <laughs> right at all. Uh, <laughs> Parent Trap. And then I loved her in Mean Girls. Like, I quote Mean Girls to this day. To so, this day. Like, 
people like her and Amanda Bynes and Mary Kate and Ashley have very much disappointed me in adulthood. I'm like, why couldn't y'all just hold it together? Wait, Mary Kate and <laughs> Ashley, because one of them has their stuff together, right? I don't know which one, but like, that is one of them has their stuff together. starved. It makes me sad. Yeah. Okay, I agree. But um, so this past week, Lindsay Lohan posted a live Instagram video where she was using like a fake. I think she wanted to sound like I don't Arabic, know, <laughs> but she sounded like an Eastern Euro- European. <laughs> and she was trying to lure these two kids away and say that her the parent was trafficking the kids for sex. So, okay, prior to this report, I really thought Lindsay had gotten her life together. Like yeah. I I knew that she was living I, I don't know exactly where she lives, but she lives out of the country. Mm-hmm. And I knew, I just thought she was really getting it together. Like you really didn't hear a lot about her, but TMZ, which, mm-hmm. you know, who, who would have thought that TMZ would become our source of credible news, but TMZ, <laughs> TMZ, you know, says that she's got friends who are basically saying, no, she's a train wreck and she's been a train wreck. And she's she's been out of control for a while now. Not to be like an armchair uh, psychiatrist, but I <laughs> felt like just her even using that voice, it just sounded like maybe there's another person in that head that is... Well, again, according out. to TMC, <laughs> she actually tried to like lure the children away in several different languages. So she gave she gave it several different attempts to yeah. say to say come here and then she was like um come watch movies with me and she was like trying to get them away because to her, the parent kidnapping them. But yeah. that's just, you know, I, it's like I feel really bad. Yeah, like I just Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen is one of my favorite movies. (laughs) It's one of my favorite movies. Like every time it comes on TV, I watch it. And just to see all the potential that a young Lindsay Lohan had. And and they say that she's recording some reality show now. So it's it's actually, and I forget where uh, the show maybe takes place in Greece or somewhere, Mm -hmm. but her her friends and family are wanting her to come back home, but the fact that she's recording a show makes it a little harder. Shout out to Hillary Duff. She's the only one from my childhood that just didn't she? <laughs> Hillary, listen, Hillary was like, "I'm finna get me this husband. I'm finna have these babies, and it's gonna be all and right." That booty. <laughs> I don't know what happens to the rest of y'all, but she is what dreams are made of. Hey, now. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Hillary. <laughs> so um, the next thing we wanted to talk about was um, this company called Solo Funds. And Yay. so, what? No, I was cheering you on. Oh, <laughs> my bad. Um, so basically, this company kind of saw, especially what happens in low-income companies, 
I mean, in low-income communities and, like, just how predatory, like, payday loans are. Yes. And so they created this kind of crowdfunding system where people can basically make money off of their money by lending it to kind of at-risk low-income people. And I don't know if it's... I don't call it crowdfunding. To me, it's more along of the micro lending, only because when I think crowdfund, I think you're raising money for a purpose, and I'm not going to pay this money back. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> and the with maybe the, I misused my word. I don't know. It's okay. Hey, <laughs> wine. You're drinking a particularly strong wine. <laughs> strong wine. <laughs> But um, so with the micro lending company, like basically, though, it's what you said, it's peer to peer lending. And um, I think it's a great idea. I personally have participated in micro lending. Um, It's with this company called Kiva that does micro loans for women in third world countries. And it gives them the opportunity to start their own business. Uh, their own businesses, or maybe like in some instances to purchase like a cow or a goat, which depending on where they are, it's like a major thing. And so- I know what you're talking about. It's Kiva. Um. And um, I, so I would absolutely love to participate in this um, as far as being something that'll help my own community. And you don't have to be- you don't have to have a lot of money. You don't have yeah. to be <laughs> willing to loan someone a hundred bucks. Like that's not even it. You can give like at the time when I first did Kiva, I think I gave like maybe 50 bucks the first time. I think I did a 75 mm-hmm. one, but at that time I also had a roommate. So I had a little extra money. Yeah. <laughs> but when, when you say you're the person who needs the loan, you can gather it from several different um lenders so if all you have to loan someone is five dollars loan that five dollars and they pay you back through this um micro funding company and the great part about it is they don't they don't necessarily go by your fico score that is not a factor they go by you you know you create a solo score with them and it's great and my, my only suggestion to anyone who wants to lend the money is mm-hmm. it's the same thing that, you know, our parents have always taught us, don't lend more than you can give. Mm-hmm. I With the Kiva project, I have always been repaid. And I actually never take my money back out. I just let it keep forgiving. But I've always yeah. been repaid. But just in case, you know, just in case I don't get my money back, it's going to be an amount that I can afford to give. Okay, so I'm going to read you my notes exactly as they are written. Give it to me. So I said, beautiful, altruistic idea. And then in all caps, I said, how am I going to get my money back? Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to some extent, like, because my first job out of college, because that was the only job I could get hired for, was a loan company. And so it wasn't like payday loan, but it was still short-term loan. And yeah. it was still, like, Fairly predatory, like, interest rates is, like, 40, 45% APR. But at the same time, the people that we gave the money to and we took a risk with, 
often did not give us the money back. <laughs> and so yeah. half of my job was trying to get that money back. And so uh, that's just like my initial idea. But yeah, I, I think you have to just give what you're not afraid to lose. Right. And like I said, don't feel bad about giving just $5 because yeah. you, you, I think the max you can get from this company is like maybe a thousand. I'm yeah. not really sure. Yeah. That's what it said. Yeah. And so, you know, this person may just need, I don't know, $200 to right. pay their light bills. Who knows? Yeah. Like but fix someone in their car or something like that. The more, the more of us that participate, yeah. the easier it's going to be for people to give smaller amounts and I can just pull from here, here and here. So, yeah, I'm into I, it. I like it. I just, you know, my, the way that I think about any idea is I always think about like the potential downfalls of <laughs> what that <laughs> idea goes with. And I'm like, oh, when am I going to get my money back? And I'm like, you know, if I give something that I truly gave, you know, exactly, it should be fine. Exactly. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so I, as long I, as I'm not feeling squirmy about it, I'm not giving my bill money over. No, 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 no. <laughs> and I encourage everyone to try it. I, I really do. I encourage everyone to give because payday loans, you know, they're really predatory on our communities. And the more, the more destitute the community, the more payday loan places you will see. Let oh, me tell yeah. you, when I first, when I first graduated and moved from home, when I first graduated from college and moved away from home to go work, um, I had zero dollars, okay? Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I got to a place where I had three different checks in rotation from different payday loan places. Mm-hmm. Going in. <laughs> when I tell you, it was so stressful. First of all, I do not think- As soon as you get your money back, you gotta give them money. And, <laughs> and so, and it was a cycle. So I just kept rewriting and I just kept rewriting. Yeah. And I never thought that it would be something that I would get caught up in, but I did. Yeah. And I I kid y'all not, one, <laughs> one day, I was literally just sitting on my floor crying. <laughs> I was like, I laid on my belly and I was like, Jesus, you just <laughs> get me out of this. I'll never do it again. <laughs> and I, I kept my word. I got out of it and I didn't, I never did that again, but yeah. it's such a cycle. It's so hard. And to be honest, if I didn't have parents that could help me out, I probably wouldn't have gotten out of it as quickly, but I was able to ask someone for help. Everybody didn't have that. So yeah. I encourage everyone to to try it. Even if you get $5. Yeah, I agree. I'll give it uh, more than five dollars, but I'll give this something. You know, because it mean, is you hard. Because can... like, especially, especially when my dad was alive. Like, if someone was riding my car, I was calling my dad, and I was like, "Hey, I need to buy this." And since he's passed, like, that I have had car issues, but I also have like a lot of automated saving where they just hide money from me. Yeah, <laughs> so yes. that definitely helps me like when I do need an emergency. But um yeah, but everybody doesn't have that. And um if I can, you know, give that to our community and help. Um I think, I think that's think a great you, way to use it. I think you should donate next week's pumpkin spice latte fund. 
You very much like overestimate how much I go to Starbucks. First of all, I have to be early. I had to leave my house at a decent time to be able to go to Starbucks before work. And I never do that. But okay. but they can have that next ten dollars. Cause <laughs> I don't even be going to Starbucks that much. Okay. Now if you said liquor store trip, that would be a whole different story. Anyways. <laughs> so um the next segment is a segment I hope or our next topic is a topic. I hope to stop talking about after this week. So I will I start off letting y'all know that I did not start this podcast to talk about Shmanye Schwest every week. <laughs> I am tired of talking about him. I'm tired of him doing stuff. I'm just that over makes it. me talk about him. I'm over it. But I'm over it. I'm over it. It's just. He makes me so tired. Like, and I feel like SNL knew what they were doing. Like, you already knew he was acting crazy, and you brought him on. Okay, so this is what I wondered. Platform. I wondered because I thought the same thing, Doya. And anybody who watches SNL knows that. Yeah, they do things for ratings, but also they're super liberal. So I. Do you think that they allowed him to come on as a favor? Do you think he contacted them and said, hey, I would love to open up next season. I got a new album coming out because his album was supposed to drop, but it didn't. Do you think that maybe he reached out to them versus them reaching out to him? I don't know. (laughs) I really don't. (laughs) And I mean, to be fair, like they didn't give him that platform because he did all of the things he did mostly like the crazy stuff he was doing he did off of the air but at the same time it's just and then to some extent I feel like maybe we're just all playing into the Kardashian-Jenner promo game because like their big thing is like drama and so I don't feel like I'm playing into it, but go ahead. <laughs> I mean, the same thing, like, we just keep talking about him. Like, we keep yeah. talking about him. And I'm the thing about, about it, the Kardashian-Jenner is, like, all press is good press to them. It doesn't matter right. if you're talking crap about them or not. Right. So <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> I want to I wanna take a second and just kind of, because... I truly do not intend. I mean, he's got to do something mad wow, which he's been doing, but he's got to do something extremer for me to extremer. Is that a word? More extreme. He's got to do something more extreme for me to talk about him again. So, you know, I'm done. I'm, I'm a little, <laughs> well, I, I am more than happy to say I'm done, but I didn't, I didn't want to be like, I'm done. Then Doyen puts him on the show. <laughs> This is it. I'm done. I'm not talking about Shmanye Schwes anymore. The part that just hurts me more than anything else is y'all letting him do it. Y'all are letting him get away with it. No one is holding him accountable. And you're still being like, no, I'm going to hold on to Kanye. And I'm speaking specifically of other famous people. I am speaking specifically of people 
who are in a position to actually make a difference if they say, no, we're not going to do this anymore. You want to talk rapper. Listen. <laughs> Listen, I and you know Chance what? The rapper. I've been I waiting for Chance, album for two years. <laughs> I gave him a pass because I felt like he was young, but I, you, I cannot give him a pass anymore because this last episode was blatant. This last episode was too blatant. You just, know, <sighs> this this did not start with him making the comment about slavery, and that's what I need everybody to understand. And this has been happening for a very long time. Now, I'm not going to say that it started right when his mom passed. I, I hear people say that. I do think that that has a lot to do with his um, with his mental health and what he's going through. It would affect me the same way. So I get that. But that doesn't make you mean and insensitive. And yeah. I think that the depth that we thought Kanye had I just don't think it was ever there. When yeah. he started, I, I started letting go of Kanye when he first started trying to break into the fashion industry because of his attitude about it. And he was so entitled about everything. And yeah. that's around the same time he still, he, I mean, that's around the same time he started to glorify Steve Jobs. He started to glorify Walt Disney. These are both people who, have some tri pretty trash ideas, okay? You, but he kept pushing, and he kept pushing us to look past yeah. how racist Walt Disney was and the anti-Semite that Walt Disney was. He kept wanting us to look past that and look at his genius. No, sir, we're not going right. to look at, we're not going to do that. That's when I started letting go of him. And I just yeah. let go completely once he got into that Kardashian clan. And let me say this. I'm not going to vilify those people as much as everybody else does. Whatever. I, I used to be a huge Kardashian fan, but they just got ridiculous. And I had to let it go. But <laughs> this has been going on for a long time. And y'all yeah. just keep, keep, you know what? Everybody go out and buy the last. Everybody go out and buy the last Snoop album because Snoop a real one. And everybody go yeah. out and support Swiss in whatever way you can because he a real one. Those and who maybe are standing he, up to him. Okay, okay. I'm just yeah, I'm over it, <laughs> and I'm past the point of I'm past the point of saying nah, but he's too important to us, and he's too this and too that. Kanye ain't cared nothing about us. He hasn't cared for a very yeah. long time. The first album he was talking about when he got on Leave Your Ass for a White Girl. Like, y'all thought it was funny, but like, he told you who he was. Well, see, <laughs> when I heard that in that album, I took it as he's passing judgment on the man who would do that. But I learned better when he showed us. It was his blueprint. <laughs> <laughs> he gave us a little Freudian slip there. I learned better when he showed us. So I'm just over him. I'm over yes. him. Yeah. I, and I just want, because I feel like Black women are almost more resilient than Black men about saying, Not almost, okay. fully. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to say that are, I was going to say they're almost fairly resilient, but some people backtrack and then they come back. But um, yeah. Yes, that's true. <laughs> but I feel like men, Black men are still like, well, what he said was crazy, but we still gonna listen to this. And at the end of the day, like he's not gonna feel the consequences of yes. what he's done until we stop messing with him. Right. That's right. 
He's just one. He's gotten too far removed, and that threshold is different for different people. Like, yeah. look at look at B and J. Like, he, of course, he does not have nearly the amount of money that they have, but they still keep their fingers on the pulse of the people. They still right. know what's going on, and, and they still like speak, speak up about what's right. Yeah, like our issues, but, but it is he, a full black really, uh, couple with full black kids. Exactly. But he has gotten to the point where it's not going to affect him. It's not going to touch him. And it's like he's so far removed that he doesn't, I don't, I'm not going to say he doesn't realize, but I'm going to say he's not acknowledging that the person that you are boosting up is someone who makes real life policies that affect real life people and that affects people who look like you. Yes. 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 Yeah. I gave a Kanye rant on Kanye. <laughs> it's Shmanye. We're not talking about oh, Kanye. Oh, you know, you know he said he changed his name to Ye. So he is now the artist formerly known as Kanye, and he's Ye now. And I said, you know what? Good. Because I did love Kanye. So good. This gives me the opportunity to say I ain't fucking with Ye. <laughs> it's, at the end of the day, I keep saying this every single episode. But it costs nothing to shut the fuck up and drink some water. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Okay. Speaking of other uh, other humans in this world, um, my one political uh, contribution for this week was Stormy Daniels, um, alleged um, former mistress of Donald Trump, has finally released her tell-all book. <laughs> and um, definitely not reading the book because I have other things to read. Okay. But um, Vice gave us a really good um, just kind of lowdown of what the book entailed and kind of like the details. So, you know, cliff notes. Um, Is there anything you read that she found like super interesting about the book? Okay, so I don't know if interesting is the word I would use. (laughs) (laughs) The main thing that's that the one thing that just made me cringe was the fact that she did not find it creepy that he said she reminded him of of, uh, Ivanka, not Ivanka. Yeah, Ivanka. Ivanka. <laughs> I get yeah. mom and daughter mixed up sometimes. Yeah, like yeah. it that was that is just hella nasty. That is yeah. weird. That is weird. That is nasty. And she didn't feel like she didn't it didn't bother her at all. Oh, it's okay. I'm still gonna sleep with this man who thinks yeah. I'm hot and then I remind him of his daughter. Who he's also referred to as hot. Yeah, no. So I guess there are a few other things that upset me. First of all, she said there wasn't food as promised. And I, for one, was disgusted and dismayed because (laughs) I love food. If you promise me food and I show up it and it's just you in pajamas, like I'm be big mad. Like you said I was getting wings and things and all I get is things. Like I'm just going to be big mad about it. Nothing else is going to (laughs) happen if that food is there. Right. If you don't order some room service, give me my food. Um, another thing I noticed that she said was, she said, as he was on top of me, I replayed the last three hours to figure out how I could have avoided this. 
And so, like, it just goes back to the version, like, what I talk about with coercion, which is like, girl, you didn't even want it. Like, hey, who would want it from Trump? But right. it's just the idea that, like, you were just like, and she was like, one position, missionary. <laughs> <laughs> and she just laid there and thought about her poor life decisions. <laughs> well, he did it. <laughs> so another thing that I did not like was that she said he did not want to be president. It's not that I didn't like it, but it was like, I knew it. And it, mm. it, it makes me mad and angry because why do this if you didn't want it? Like, this is something that you have to want and love. It's like such a supreme level of white supremacy. For you to not even want to be president and then end up as president, it's just so gross. It's so unfair. (laughs) It's so unfair. Because so many people want to be president. And it's you who didn't want to be president but just had the money to be. Exactly. And I always felt like he, he didn't expect to win. He didn't want to win. And now he has it. And he's I mean, you mad. Can, <laughs> you, can tell, you can tell because he's not doing the job of being a president. He's yeah. still going around campaigning because that's what he has fun doing. Yeah. Um. So lastly, the thing that upset me most about her was she did not vote in 2016. And uh, it just upsets me for so many reasons because there's so many people who decided they wanted to protest vote. They weren't sure who wanted to be president. And I'm just like, like, even like as a white woman, like people like fought and probably died for you to vote. But black people, we people literally died for you to vote. And you just want to sit there and act like, you know, it's your presence is the present. No, vote. <laughs> like I don't is that understand. A reference? <laughs> um, I don't know. It's a life <laughs> philosophy for me. It is, um, but my uh, is I mean, I wasn't surprised to read that, mm-hmm. and I think I think what made me angrier about that part was her talking about being torn between him and Hillary. It's like, and what it, did Hillary do to you? <laughs> and it doesn't it, it doesn't shock me, I guess, that it doesn't shock me that a white woman decided to side with a man who has been horrible to all women. That didn't shock me. And and this part doesn't shock me either. But I'm just tired of people voting against their own interests. And you yeah. know, you were a you were a porn star. I don't know if she still is now, but According to her own book, according to her own words, she wasn't a wealthy one and yeah. she had she was still struggling. And that's the whole reason why she even did the book. Like she was still struggling. So why are you voting against your own interests? That just doesn't it just against like women's rights, equal pay. I just don't understand you hating me or being so afraid of me, which translates to you hating me so much that you would vote against what's best for you. I don't understand that. And I feel like no, no vote in general is a vote against your interests. Of course. Let's put it like that. It's black and white. You either vote for somebody who you feel 
You know, like at the same time, like it's black people voting Democrat is never really fully in our interest. But at the same time, I know that Republicans are super against anything that comes with my well-being. And so I vote Democrat. I mean, it is the lesser of evils, but at least I'm making my voice heard. And I don't understand. And I I do agree. um, But I'm I'm gonna I do agree, but I'm gonna disagree slightly <laughs> with with just just with the verbiage of saying that it's the lesser of two evils. Yeah. Because I feel like when we move into that territory, that's what that's what people did this last election. A lot mm-hmm. of us, that's what happened with us. We wanted to sit there and debate. Well, I don't know. She ain't really that different from Trump. So you really want to pretend like one is not far worse than the other. You yeah. really want to pretend like shit one go go left when one person got it over the other. And there's the the bottom line is Hillary was not going to win because the powers that be did not want her to win. And that's evident because she won the popular vote. So, yeah. you know, it is what it is on that, but a lot of the a lot of the weird space that we got into with Hillary came from our own people who were doing things like voting third party or really, really pushing other candidates, even after those candidates conceded to Hillary and still saying, I don't know. It's just so we don't get the luxury. We do yeah. not get the luxury of if there was a true chance for a third party candidate to win. OK, we can have that conversation, but it's, but it's not. not. And I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry that you think it will, but exactly, yeah. not anytime soon. Maybe in the future, but it's in the far future. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I mean, and even though like I had a lot of Democrat friends, they might not have loved Hillary. They were big Bernie fans, but they ended up voting for Hillary anyways because they knew what was at stake. So right. it's just interesting that. Especially, like, there was so much division. And even to this day, like, um, Fahrenheit 11.9 came out and was talking about how, like, the, you know, the Democratic Party kind of colluded for Hillary to win. And so there's, like, still, like, in our party, there's a lot of bitterness where people felt like Bernie should have won. And, um, you know, they feel like, you know, things would have been different. I like Bernie. The man called himself a democratic socialist you don't think that would have came of, you know like been yeah. an issue in a national debate like that would have yeah. been this national debate but i don't know like the this last election there's just a lot of bitterness and healing that still needs to happen in our party for us to like really have a strong movement in 2020 yeah but, you know. I agree. I concur. <laughs> I'm hoping that uh, Beto will win the, you know, Senate and then run for president as my white Obama, and we're gonna be good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm just yes. sticking to that fantasy. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for our our weekly something someone segment, I don't think we ever told y'all that's what it's called, but that's literally <laughs> what it's called in our notes. Yeah. So um, this past Sunday, we finally got the season finale of Insecure. And so, so of course, short. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, like it was super short. I cannot stand the fact that it's 30 minutes long. Like, I need a full hour and I'm still gonna be mad after the hour's done. But 30 minutes is just so short. It's like, um, if you're gonna give us 30 minutes at the very least, can we at least get 10 episodes a season? 10 episodes. At least. So, I don't know what H, I don't know what to tell HBO to get them to give us more. <laughs> I, don't, like, I don't think it's HBO. Like, Issa's been pretty concrete on no, it, it, it's yeah. gonna be 30 minutes, <laughs> and that's but, it. <laughs> but to be fair, she started off as like a fairly short form, you know, artist. Right. Anyways, right. With, uh, um, the Adventures of Awkward Girl. Yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what are your general thoughts about the season? Well, um, well, before I, before I do the season, <laughs> I just want to, well, I wanted to talk about the, the title. So this season, you know, each season has its own handle. Mm-hmm. So the first season was as fuck. And so every episode was whatever as fuck. And then the second season was hella. So everything was hella, whatever. And this mm-hmm. season was like. And it Which wasn't probably should have told us how slow everything was gonna be. <laughs> okay, and it didn't dawn on me until I was putting my notes together for the show that, like, it really is reflective of how the show has the turn that the show has taken. Everything moved quickly in the beginning because everyone mm. was so sure of who they were. Like, yeah. I am this as fuck, mind you, everyone was kind of stuck. Everyone yeah. was in a place where they needed to grow, but they were this as fuck. And then they move on and like, I'm hella this. They knew. But now that we're in this third season and we see people trying to grow, it's kind of like. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's, it's taking a slower turn because we see people growing. So, so I, literally my first note was slowest rollout everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> enjoyed this season and I I keep hearing from a lot of different people and a lot of different like you know um the YouTube reviewers and everything like this is their least favorite season but I liked it what do you think so um this is the season when I realized that they are my age yes and so I assumed they were a little older and yeah I did too I judged them so hard because <laughs> they were my age. And I was like, like, Issa, how do you have a 400-something credit score? Like, <laughs> what did you do? Like, how did you run your credit that low? Um, no, that <laughs> makes more sense to me now. It makes more sense to me now because they're younger. I, I, I assume that they but were I feel like you think we're, like, younger, younger. Like, we're, we're 30. Like, I'm an adult. You're 30. Like, <laughs> I mean, but like I'm talking about them too, and so it's like, how did you at 30? How do you? Well, she listen, was like 29. How listen, do you have a 400 credit score? Like, what my did credit you do? score has never been <laughs> as low as 400. But when I turned 30, that what you're seeing on that TV screen was definitely me. The only Ooh. difference is I had a more secure job, and I was probably I was probably a more professional more professional at work. But other than that, hell yes. Like, I did not have my shit together at all. And and I think, 
well, I don't know. That's not fair to put that onto Issa because I think Issa's family, you know, was, you know, middle class at best. I mean, they had a nice house and a nice house in LA is going to cost you a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, they're middle class, probably. Maybe yeah, for middle class, but yeah. I don't know. I just, so, I guess because for me, like, I have a strong need for stability in my life. And so, yeah. like, much of what they did just really stressed me out as a human. Girl, it makes so much more sense. It is so funny. Isn't that fun? Like, to me, it makes so much more sense now. And, like, you're like, no, they have it together. (laughs) Right. I mean, I'm not perfect as a 30, new 30-year-old, but I better. You're perfect to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, one thing, like, I I was kind of weirded out about was, like, the whole bait and switch with Lawrence. Like, I don't understand why they were, like, Lawrence ain't going to be there. And then they're like, oh, here's Lawrence. <laughs> I don't know why they did that either. I mean, Are you I, lie, Craig? <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess it made it, you know, all the more sweet when he pops up. Yeah. And by sweet, I just mean sweet on the eyes. But, <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, just, I never want them together. Like, I just... never. Oh, wait, no, don't say that. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how I feel about that. But I I never assumed that he was gone forever. I just assumed, okay, well, they say he's not going to be on this season, but he'll be back next season. Yeah. Another thing was um, the season starting off with Daniel. I used to want Issa with Daniel, but the more that I learned about Daniel, I just realized that he, he also was just as toxic for her as Lawrence kind of was. So her and Daniel, for me, was kind of like Carrie and Aiden from Sex and the City. It's like, (laughs) I wanted Carrie to be with Aiden, but I always knew that he wasn't the person for her. Yeah, That was the same thing with Daniel from the jump. I liked Daniel because he was fine, but I knew that that was not who she needed to be with. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I it, I think because at first I was like, you know, in comparison to Lawrence, like he's a great guy for her. But this season, like I started to see his insecurities, um, and I just at the end of the day, he wanted to be Captain Savaho, and uh, he dipped out as soon as he couldn't because that was what made him feel strong, especially in the insecurity of his career and what he wanted to do. Because he is (laughs) insecure-like. Yeah. I know. That was whack. (laughs) That was super whack. I wasn't going to bring it up until you brought it up. So so as far as... I don't know. There was was a lot of... I did see, like, some growth in people. So I saw Molly. We're going to go... Issa's last. Okay. <laughs> I saw Molly at least make some moves career-wise. Um, that... So you think, you think Molly displayed growth this season? Yeah. So, hey, she, I mean, it was weird, but she did get rid of Joe. Okay. Um, See, I did so... not view that as growth at all. The way she went about that was 
she was she was wrong and the the reason why it's wrong is because she's the newcomer and she's created a situation where she's now isolated herself you don't want that all right so here's my thing about molly um last season i feel like i felt i understood where she came from especially like especially growing up in a household when your parents are together it's like you had this vision for yourself all of this time that, you know, you would grow up, marry this beautiful black man, two kids, a dog, a picket fence. And so, like, especially when you are making the moves or you thought you were making the moves, like, education-wise and career-wise, and then you're like, okay, so where's this man? Where's my husband? Where's right. his kids? You know, like, right. so I think when she found out her parents, you know, had, or her dad had the infidelity, she kind of, you know, pivoted and rebelled, ended up with Joe. At the end of the day, Joe is never going to be right to me because he had a wife, you know? And, like, you know, that's never going to be your full-time man. It's only going to be fun for him to be your part-time man for a certain time. So I think at the end of the day, that had to end. And, I mean, I was 100% okay with how that ended. And then her with her Asian bae just just reminds me of Isha's Isha's tweet about Asian men and how we should date outside of our race (laughs) that everybody got mad at. (laughs) But like, I'm just never like, a lot of people have very harsh views towards Molly, but I guess because I had A, a similar upbringing as her, apart from the whole infidelity thing. Also, she's my sore. Or our sore. <laughs> also, is she's she, Nigerian. Is <laughs> yeah, she, she's is legit. She, she is. I don't think okay. Amanda Seals slash Tiff. I was wondering because I'm like, they, she really walking around doing a whole lot if she's not. <laughs> no, like you can like Google it and like okay. you'll see that her name is there. Okay. Um, but also, so I t- I too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also felt a I felt a kinship to Molly and I completely understood where she was coming from I don't think Molly to me she didn't really show a lot of growth till the till Sunday night because everything she kept doing was (sighs) so it was in an attempt to mask all the things that were really going on in her life and I can co-sign to that <laughs> like <laughs> I, I can say that I am truly oh yeah guilty so avoidance kept... avoidance avoidance <laughs> all day long all but yeah, day like, long but even like the whole like even though like I see even in her job she changed her job she had to kind of fit in, get in where she fits in, in a all-Black environment, which is kind of hard. Um, yeah, and even though she was, like, more cutthroat about her things, I'm sure in the next season it will come back to bite her. But I do like that she, she is, like, acting like a man. <laughs> I guess. Torian was like, he thought he could run the game. And, like, it's like, girl, Torian. He did. Yeah. The problem is she made the mistake that Mm -hmm. so many people make 
when they try to be assertive, but you end up coming off aggressive. And that's yeah. what she did. Um, I, I actually, you know, even though I feel like, I feel like what happened with Dorian wasn't like, <laughs> I'm not like Issa said it was completely left field. I, yeah. I don't think, but I do think the bigger issue was how she did those women. And yeah. all of that just kind of plays into the next thing and the next thing and the next thing that's going to happen is going to snowball. Yeah. I think she could have been more strategic in fostering the relationships with the women because they didn't like right. Torian anyways. And like, you could like screw over Torian and keep moving on with your life. That's the thing about it is men don't look back to see who they screwed over. They keep moving on. They don't. <laughs> they don't. But as a woman in a professional setting that is dominated by men, and just as a good code of ethics, I didn't want her to screw anybody over. I wanted yeah. her to outwork him. And I wanted her, I definitely wanted her to start showing him up in those meetings for yeah. sure. Yeah. Like, no, cut him off like he cut you off for sure. But like, <laughs> she knows that if he had done that to her, she would have. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing about it. It's like, I don't feel bad about her doing that to him i really don't and i think she just could have been more strategic about it like because yeah. at the end of the day like it's just like she's starting to feel bad about the way she treated him and i'm like no like if he left you to be the only lead attorney like that means you need to rock it like that doesn't mean you need to look back and try to make friends with him that i don't think she's feeling bad because it's him or she, I don't think she feels bad for what she did to him. I think yeah. she's realizing that the choices that she made have consequences. And yeah. so now you're the you're not just the lead, but you're the only one. And that's a lot of work. Like what goes into getting ready for whatever they're getting ready for obviously requires a lot of research. And if it takes, if it's typically something that's considered a more than one person job, and now it's just you. She really, yeah. she really she should have made some more shallow with a laptop. That's all. <laughs> um, Kelly, um, I just really wish they brought Kelly forward in yeah. every season of the show. Like she, because so at the end of the day, like she's like she is the auxiliary friend, but at the same time, like she's going through some real, real stuff. And she, she's kind of like uh, Tiffany Haddish in Girl Trip, where she's like the comedian. Yeah. Uh, of the group and so people forget that she has feelings yeah and so like um i mean with tiffany she did show that one episode where they yeah. had feelings but i was just like i just want more kelly and again she needs to give me at least 45 minutes maybe an hour maybe two <laughs> i'm just selfish i um, love kelly <laughs> on the screen yeah and she's super dope um and then yeah, like, uh, I think Issa finally got to where we wanted her to be last episode. Yeah. And it really wasn't even the last episode, it was the last few minutes. Because, first of all, I am a huge romantic, so I was like, when um, Nathan showed up, I was like, yeah, let's get back together. And she was like, um, you disappeared for a month. Like, that's not going <laughs> to fly. And I'm like, oh, you are better than me. Because <laughs> I so, feel like... <laughs> I, I'm like, so I am definitely Molly. I am definitely that friend. However, yeah. 
I can I can admit that it still wasn't Molly's place. It wasn't her place. And yeah. it definitely she definitely could have handled it a little better as far as being like, look, you can come back tomorrow, but you can't yeah. ruin her today. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm I'm definitely that friend. The only difference between me and Molly is I'm not gonna slip up and tell you that I did it. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, even when Molly initially did it, I was like, I don't feel like that's her place. But it's not. It's like not a very big, like hopeless romantic. And I get it because, like, Issa did go through for that like one month of not. And then um, I also was listening to, well, watching on Twitter. Uh, there's a lady that I follow named called Bassy Ikpi, and she was talking about how like. There's times when you go through your depression and you just can't talk to people. Like, you just cannot. And so, like, it's not like you don't love this person or want to be around this person. It's just you can't talk to them. Um, I think at the end of the day, like, I think they could have did on Insecure, they could have did a better job of explaining, um, especially when Black men are depressed. Because I think they tried to, but they just didn't go full force into I, it. Um, yeah, and I don't think, I mean, <laughs> he was wrong for ghosting her for sure. And that has happened to me before. And mm-hmm. it has also happened to me where the guy shows back up. And for me, I guess the reason why I can say that that wasn't Molly's place, and I know where Issa's coming from, is because I did need to know what happened and why but I also was capable of saying, I'm not doing this with you again. Yeah. Leave my life. So you can handle it and you just need to know. Cause I needed to yeah. know, like, was it something I did or something I said, especially when you're leading me to believe that this is going to become something. But I did not look at him like he was trash either because yeah. I, I've, I, I mean, I've never been so, and I have, battled with anxiety and depression but I've never been to a place where I couldn't respond back to a text (laughs) even if that response is I I really don't feel that great right now I'm gonna take a nap I'll call you later you know whatever but to be fair we're also women and we're very social creatures yes yes so (laughs) yeah like it's just I don't know also I just I liked her Nathan for her and so it really like it hurt me more than it hurt her when he just disappeared. <laughs> yeah, I believe you. I believe you because I wanted them. I wanted them to. And I'm still yeah. going to hold out hope for them. I mean. <laughs> he, he's going to have to get into therapy. <laughs> yes. 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 But um, yeah, like I just felt like they could have did more to talk about the, you know, the issue with male, black male depression because like, as bad as it is for us we at least like we talk to each other about it and you know whether or not we get to therapy or not stop talking about um i'm looking at you because you're probably talking about me in your head i mean i i I, I just all i did was make a look all i did was make a look (laughs) um at the very same time like at least at the very least i come to y'all and be like hey you know, yeah. I'm not feeling great. You know, I'm sad. Yeah. And, you know, like, at least I let that out. And yeah. I don't feel like men, men don't have those, and sadly, they don't have those same relationships yeah. where they can tell their friends, hey, I'm sad. 
I feel I feel the same way. I wish the show would have done a better job of showing him maybe cope with it or showing him getting help. And maybe they will next season. I don't yeah. know. But then sometimes I feel like I I put too much pressure on black shows on the show. specifically. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know. Let me just sit back and be entertained. But that's the first thing that I thought was, well, hell, if that's what it was. Because initially yeah. I thought he got locked up. I was like, he didn't got locked well, he didn't up. Know what <laughs> and then when it came out that he was like depressed, I was like, yeah. well, why didn't y'all explore that? You know? Yeah. And even like, because, um, you know, from the second season, we talked about how they didn't really advocate the use of uh, contraception and condoms. Ouch. And this season, I don't feel like they did a better job of it because one, Issa was fucking raw in a, um, what do you call it? The, the, the um, ride, the fair ride. I kept wanting to say trampoline, and that was not a trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> it's a um, Ferris wheel. <laughs> Ferris wheel, yeah. And then, like, Lawrence was smashing all around and got an SCI. I mean, like, it's treatable, but, like, that's still not the way you tell people to take use condoms. Like, just put condoms on them. I'm going to be very, <laughs> very honest. I did not care about that. I really didn't. When When oh, everybody no. was going on and on about that, like, the first season, I was like, I mean, I, I mean, but at the end of the day, like, our community is very wrought with diseases. Yes. Yes. And I just that feel like true. as like people were looking up to, they could do a better job of using their platform to share, you know. That though tips. I I agree wholeheartedly. I just when I first saw it, it just personally wasn't an issue for me. Yeah. And then when everybody else was saying it, I was like, okay. And then I was like, but maybe I don't know. Again, yeah. I try to I try to check myself when I feel mm-hmm. like I'm putting too much responsibility on a show. And it's like, yeah. you know what? The 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 great part about it is we of course we do not have as nearly as much representation as we should, but because we're getting more and more black programming on TV, brown programming mm-hmm. on TV. That one show doesn't have to carry the burden for everyone anymore. Yeah. So that's a great thing. But I just felt like at the end of the day, like I heard that feedback and they claimed that they were going to do better and then they didn't. And so that was my issue with that was they did say they were going to do better and they didn't. Yeah. Or instead, they went the Tyler Perry route and just <laughs> made it. No, it's not the Terry. It's not the Tyler Perry route because Lawrence is relatively cocoa skinned, and he's not. No, y'all you know, remember Perry. that movie where like Tyler Perry? It was like some chick cheating on her husband, and he gave her AIDS. Yes, yes, but I'm getting Yes, but I'm getting to the point that Tyler Perry always gives AIDS to dark skinned people. (laughs) That was the point I was leading to. Well, he just had an STI. He just had to call a lot of people. (laughs) Okay. So are there any other thoughts you had about insecure? 
No, I just think it's a short season. I mean, well, yeah. all the seasons are the same length, but I just hate that it's over so it's fast. It's so short. It is That's, so short. Well, so now we're on to fall TV, and I know that my fall TV is nothing like yours, but <laughs> <laughs> it I could be. Watching, I know. um so just so y'all know like uh, chris likes to watch everything that would scare me and i like to watch probably everything that would bore her so i watch like the good place um i'm re-watching like desperate housewives it's just like wait 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 wait, wait, wait. we're gonna back up we're gonna back up because it's not fair i loved desperate housewives and the few times that i've watched the good place i've liked it it's just that my TV schedule is so crammed. <laughs> okay. So for our poor life decision this week, um, he might guess kind of sort of off of our episode name, but we wanted to talk about body hair and more taboo. Um, the, the body hair things that happen to you once you turn 30 or a little bit before 30 or, you know, high school whatever (laughs) and so um for me personally I have a PCOS so uh it's polycystic ovarian syndrome and basically it just means that my body hormones just do crazy things and so every once in a while I'll just find a hair that ain't supposed to be there so it'll be in my chin there's like one on my cheek that grows really long. There's one on my neck sometimes. <laughs> and it's just like yeah. these hairs show up and it's like, oh, I got to get rid of these immediately <laughs> because this is not what I feel like womanhood is. So right. um, we kind of wanted to talk about just generally like what society has told us generally about hair <laughs> as a woman compared to, you know, men. I think it was in the early 1900s. It did become like a crusade against womanhood and hair. And so like we needed to shave, you know, and we needed to be smooth and hairless. And it's like, to some extent, I'm just like, who said that we couldn't have hair? (laughs) Right. Let me fight them. (laughs) Right. Like if the Lord giveth, he wanted me to have it. <laughs> and at the same time, like, it's also, like, if you look at prices, like, the cost of a woman's razor is, like, leaps and bounds more than a man's razor of the same type. <laughs> and that's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, we, we can have a whole different show about how much more women have to spend on toiletries but when you talk about hair removal like i personally have done laser hair removal and that ain't cheap at all and you've got to do it per section of your body (laughs) yeah per section and so i mean especially for me like um i also have type 1 diabetes so type 1 diabetes is almost synonymous with pcos it's just like at the end of the day our bodies are struggling with the whole notion of like the lack of the main hormone in our body, which is like insulin. And so like all of the other hormones kind of just yeah get all wonky. And so like I just from like I said, like it's just the most random hair. 
that show up like on my chin, on my neck. And I'm just like, what is this doing here? Like, <laughs> what should I do to get rid of it? I know it. Another thing, like, they, they do talk about, uh, actually, there is a girl that's gone around in the past who had, like, a beautiful beard. Like, <laughs> yes. one of the best beards I've ever seen. I know y'all have seen her on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, and we'll definitely tag her. Her Instagram name is Harna McClure. I don't know if I said that right. But yeah, um, I don't know how to say it. Yeah, but she just has the most beautiful, like, facial hair and then at the end of the day she just kind of like just flipped it she decided that she's tired of fighting her facial hair she's just gonna wear it and rock it <laughs> yes I guess um, one of the things I did see in one of the articles that we'll link later was the notion of finding one thing that makes you uncomfortable and celebrating that one thing oh so, wow <laughs> Yeah, like, that's, like, a lot of things. I'm like, oh, one thing that makes me uncomfortable. And so, like, even outside of body hair, I also, um, I have a gap that is just, it's just there. It is fairly indicative of me just being a Nigerian human. (laughs) (laughs) And just never getting braces, unlike America, who, like, everybody gets braces. Um, But it's, like, I just can't imagine and even at this age, I'm still not to the place where I can celebrate my gap. <laughs> so, Doyen, I don't think we've ever talked about this, but I <laughs> have a gap story. So I have a gap as well. And um, the thing about it is, I never, I never saw myself as a girl with a gap. I never noticed it. I, mm-hmm. I, I, honest to goodness, never noticed it. And the thing about it is my front two teeth kind of turned in a, l- a little bit because I used to suck my thumb growing up. And I always just kind of thought, oh, well, if those two teeth were where they're supposed to be, I wouldn't have this gap. And that's mm-hmm. actually not true. I mean, the gap will still be there. <laughs> it's not like I'm, I'm, I am not book tooth. Like the gap was still yeah. be there. But um, it wasn't until I had someone who, I really look up to, Mm. I was a teenager and that person said to me, so are you never going to consider getting braces? Have you thought about getting braces? And this was an adult Mm. and I'm, and I'm not trying to shame her at all. Mm. All I'm saying is she pointed it out to me and made me feel like it was something wrong with me when I never saw it as anything wrong. I didn't even notice it. Like I never had an issue with it. So I spent, from my teenage years to quite recently contemplating the idea of getting braces as a teenager you know I I told my dentist I want braces and my dentist was like well you don't need braces and when of course when my dentist tells my parents that you know well she doesn't need braces um it's going to be purely cosmetic so you're going to have to pay for it out of pocket like insurance is not going to cover it so mm. of course my parents were like no mm-hmm. <laughs> so i'm like okay as soon as i get a real job i'm getting braces mm-hmm. and it really it really started and my family specifically my dad's side of the family um i had one aunt to tell me like why would you do that? She's like, that gap is you. Like if I see you and I see your smile and I don't see that gap, it is not going to look like you. And 
I didn't see the beauty in what she was telling me at the time, because again, yeah. someone that I looked up to and that I admired pointed something out to me as if it was a flaw. And so it wasn't until as an adult, I brought it up to my now dentist and he was like, wait a minute. Like he came around to, to the front of me. So he could, you know, look me dead in my mouth. He's like, wait a minute, smile. And I smiled and he was like, oh yeah, you've, you've got a significant gap. And he's like, I mean, honestly, you're a really pretty lady. I've never really paid that much attention to it. And my dentist has always loved my teeth because they're really clean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they've always, I mean, they've all, every dentist I've ever had, I've had three in my life. They've all said the same thing because I do have two of my wisdom teeth and they've all said the same thing. I don't know how you keep these teeth clean. My secret is Listerine. (laughs) (laughs) So I I can completely get it coming from a place. And it really touched me that you just said that. Like, I feel like there's, there've been so many times that I felt like we were meant to be in each other's lives. I feel (laughs) like I'm meant to be here to tell you that your gap is beautiful and it makes you beautiful and it makes you who you are. And I cannot wait for the day when you fully embrace it and you fully take ownership that this beautiful smile belongs to me. And you do have a pretty smile, by the way, like you're very (laughs) photogenic. I am not, but you are. (laughs) So I just, I love your (laughs) gap. But yeah, it's just, I think part of it, like I'm to some extent, like I think the in America, like people get braces like nobody else. So it's (laughs) it's really funny because it's like sometimes like every time when I start to feel bad about it, I'll see one of my Nigerian brothers and sisters and there's their gaps are just out of this world and I'm like, oh (laughs) mine's not so bad. (laughs) I remember Um, Uso talking about her gap. (laughs) So like I mean to some extent like I think you know I don't know if I'll fully ever like super love it or just get braces, but also braces involves me getting surgery. And then I'm like, what if I get braces and then my front two teeth are too big and I still look weird, but (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's just, um, it's interesting that like just in general, like the world tells us you have to look a certain way. Right. And then they like, it is what it is. Like, you have to learn to celebrate that one thing. And so, yeah. like, there's times, like, I'll see my smile and I'm just like, oh, yeah, like, you know, because when I do smile for real, it goes to my eyes, <laughs> you know, like, it's just, like <laughs> I love me smiling. But um, um, I think that's kind of, like, my my poor life decision for now. Like, the hair thing, yeah, it's whatever. Like, I'm not going to shave my underarms during the winter because I don't have to because nobody sees it. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't, I don't think I have, um, I don't think I have a lot of body hair, like insecurities because I am the same in the wintertime. I will listen. I will not shave anything for as long (laughs) as I can until it starts to get on. Until it it starts to get on my nerves. Right. And then (laughs) I will. And, you know, and that's that. But one of the articles was kind of like, I guess, an interview. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions, well, the very first question was, you know, this girl says she started removing her body hair when she was 12. And so she asked, you know, when did you start removing yours? So, Doyen, when did you first start removing body hair? 
Okay, to be fair, I'm not that hairy of a human. Okay. Um, <laughs> I um I don't have any leg hair or arm hair. So um literally all I have is like under arm hair and lady hair to remove. Lady hair started removing underarm hair maybe in high school. Yeah. I and like um, late high school, I just didn't care. <laughs> I started um I started shaving my legs and underarms really young actually. I started in the 6th grade. But that was because my mom was like, well, I made the chiller squad and she's like, you need to start shaving because <laughs> and and in contrast, I am a yeah. very hairy girl. Like I was very hairy back then. So, yeah. Yeah, I started early too. And there yeah. was one other question I wanted us to um, attack. Well, attacked. I was actually going to bring up one section. So there is this um, condition, which is called hairistism, the condition where excessive hair appears in a male pattern on women's bodies. But then I'm so glad about, you said that. <laughs> yeah. It's like they said there were about one in 14 women. But then they talk about how plenty more women who don't come close to that benchmark of excessive still feel deeply uncomfortable about their body hair. So um, that kind of goes back to me like being like this fairly hairless African <laughs> and still like it's like when a hair does pop up, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I have to get rid of this immediately. <laughs> Did you um did you do the little so in that particular article which we'll put it in the show notes but there was a little I guess quiz thing where you add up how many points you would get did you do that I'm like very very low so like <laughs> I I ended up getting like a thirteen so I was toward the oh I was moderate <laughs> yeah but I'm not gonna say which area but all of my hair kind of concentrates in one area so well like so like I said I get hair in weird areas so like I have like hair around my belly button which doesn't make any sense but again it's still like fine hair so it's like most people don't see it but to me I see it and it stresses me out. <laughs> It's just yes. like, yeah, like I was, I mean, probably like a two or three. Like, oh God, I'm not even that hairy. I just, oh my out. God, you are not hairy at all. Go, go sit down. Go sit down. I mean, it's just at the end of the day, you just get stressed because it doesn't make sense. I'm over here looking like, uh, 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 I don't know, <laughs> Bigfoot or whoever. <laughs> Hey, yeah. Oh, I'm at the single digits. <laughs> Definitely single digits. <laughs> if I hit five, it'd just be very... One point that this girl made was about <laughs> how other people noticed when yeah. she shaved. And so I want to ask you, Doyen, even though, I mean... I guess I know the answer because you don't have anybody here. Yeah. But was there a recognizable shift in the way that your friends or your peers interacted with you after you first after your first hair removal experience? No. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> well, I remember one of my friends told me that it meant that I was fast because I shaved my legs. <laughs> Oh. It's so funny. But I like, wasn't fast. My knees 
when she was like four or five years old, she get in bed and cuddle with me. And she had like hair. And I'm like, please stop touching me with your like hair because it's still scratchy. <laughs> 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 I mean, I didn't say that all the time, but I was just like, her leg hair feels scratchy. I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. So one thing that I do want to encourage all of our listeners to do is even whether you're hairy or not, I like that. I like the uh, the um, exercise that you did doing it with finding that one thing that you have an issue with and find a way to make it beautiful find a way to view it as something beautiful i like that yeah um, and even if you want to make a little affirmation about it and say i'm beautiful i have blank and i'm still beautiful wait say that again i'm writing it down <laughs> i am beautiful i have blank and i'm still beautiful yes yes and just I wrote that down for real, y'all. <laughs> Listen, yes. I am such a guru once you put alcohol in my body. It's just <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, I think that's all we have for our poor life decision. Um, more than anything, we just want you not to stress out about your body hair. Because at the end of the day, um, marketing made us do this. And that's right your body is going to naturally do what your body does. And so <laughs> don't stress about it unless if you want to. Um, we're coming up to the end. Don't be too sad, guys. We'll be here next week. But <laughs> um, who are you going to buy a drink for? Well, this week I am going to buy a drink for all of the grandmothers, grandmas, grannies, G-mas, big mama, ma dear, whatever you call yours. Uh, I call is- my mama. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. I'm buying a drink for all of the grandmas. And my grandmother, my granny, had a birthday this past week. Um, and I just love her so much. She means everything to me. Anybody that knows me knows her or at least know what I call her and know how I love her because she is, I, yeah, I'm going to stop because I'm going to get mushy and I'm going to start crying. But I'm, I am, <laughs> I am going to say I did love her Instagram or your Instagram post of her for her and birthday. <laughs> listen, she said, are you going to put me on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> And I said, yes, I'm going to put you on IG. And she's like, I don't know what that is, but I want to be on the book. And I was like, I don't really participate on the book. So I'm going to, she, she has all of these references for all these things that she has no idea. Like she couldn't even turn a computer on if you asked her to, but she's always telling me what somebody has posted on Facebook or the book as she calls it, because all of her friends talk about <laughs> she she is all about it. But I'm gonna buy her a drink because grandmas are awesome. They are mothers plus, and they're just amazing. And her drink is gonna be because she doesn't actually drink, but every year on Christmas Eve, I convince her to drink a little hot chocolate with Kahlua in it before we go to bed at night. So <laughs> so that is her drink. <laughs> What about you, Zoyan? Who are you buying a drink for this week? 
I am buying a drink for whoever um, invented copy and paste. Yes! Can <laughs> Especially I go the keyword shortcuts, uh, command C, control C if you're a PC, and command V, yes. control V if you're a PC. Uh, you are the real MVP, and you just save so much time in my work life. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh my so god, yes. I am buying you a whiskey because you deserve it. Everybody deserves whiskey sometimes. Yes. <laughs> that is so amazing. Uh, round of drinks. Um, it's been another super great episode with you guys. Um, between episodes, I would love for y'all to follow us on Instagram. We are Poor Life Decision, One Decision. Um, on Twitter, we are PLD pod. And then lately, surprise, we actually just got on Stitcher. And and like always, we're on SoundCloud. So we're kind of like ramping up on where we're going to be so that we can basically be anywhere you listen. But, um, listen, all of you people who are on Stitcher, subscribe, like, Give us some good reviews. <laughs> <laughs> and overall, we would love to hear what you think about our episode, especially what you think about our poor life decision of the week. Yes. So uh, please tweet us or Instagram us and just let us know what you think. Um, feel free to leave comments. And share with like us that. some of your poor life decisions. Also, share with me some of your Anderson Pack songs because <laughs> I am in the market to listen to more. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. It's been great. Bye. Bye.